this is Vinnie Paul from it. Hell yeah! And you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Come on now. Hey, how you doing? This is Michael Orlando from Adrenaline Mob, Tread, and Sonic Stomp. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Everybody, what's going on? This is Zach Wild from Black Level Society, and we're all doing a hang with John on Iron City Rocks. Hello, this is Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello and welcome to episode 154 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John. Episode 154, we have three special guests coming up for you. We have from the band Hatriot, former Exodus singer Steve Zetrozusa. Uh, it's going back a ways for you Exodus fans. We have also got from the Adrenaline Mob, Mike Orlando. Adrenaline Mob is going to be making their way to the Pittsburgh area, so we thought it would be cool to kind of introduce you to the band who has got a lot of uh, pretty big-name players in it, sort of a super group. And while on the topic of hard rock super groups, we've got from the band Hell Yeah, Vinnie Paul. Now, Vinnie Paul is obviously a name that many of you recognize from his uh, previous band, uh, Damage Plan, and uh, Pantera. So, Vinny was cool enough to join us and talk about Hell Yeah, who were also making their way to Pittsburgh. So, what we're going to do, we're going to talk to Mike Orlando first. So, to get you in the mood, we're going to play a track from the new Adrenaline Mob album, which is entitled Omerta. The track is called Undaunted, which is the first single. If you haven't uh, heard about Adrenaline Mob, totally worth checking out. It's a great album. Uh, it features Mike Portnoy, formerly of um, Dream Theater and Event Sevenfold. Russell from Symphony X uh, and the bass player of, I guess, what is now the Late Disturbed, uh, and also Mike Orlando, who's got a couple projects. So let's play a track from Adrenaline Mob and then we'll get into the interview.
from the band Adrenaline Mob. We have Mike Orlando. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, John. My pleasure, my pleasure. Um, Adrenaline Mob, uh, obviously a great new uh, album out of Merita, but I wanted to kind of back up uh, because you're kind of the uh, the one name in the band that I don't think people necessarily, uh, maybe jumps off the page, but obviously you've got a lot of talent because you're not, um, not only an Adrenaline Mob, you've got the Project Tread, uh, and you've amassed quite a career prior to this. Can you just kind of give everybody a little bit of background on yourself to bring everybody up to speed? Sure. Um, I, I do have, uh, you know, a couple of other um, bands that I do. One is an instrumental band called Sonic Stomp, which I've been doing probably since about 2005. Okay. And that that's basically how I, you know, how I started, you know. Um, got into the whole instrumental thing, you know, late in the game, Um you know, a buddy of mine named Zach Wilde, uh, you know, yeah. kind of pushed me into it. He's like, you need to do this. 
all right, yeah, cool, man. And that's what I started doing. I was just, just did the circuit for, you know, the instrumental circuit. Mm-hmm. Trade shows and, and um, traveled a lot overseas, lots of clinics. You know, every year I do China and Japan and Germany. and that, That's basically kind of how I got my name out there. You know, yeah. just going out and doing the shows and shredding and, and doing my thing, meeting people. You know? Now, we, we've had uh, over the course of this show many a shredder uh as i am i am a big personal fan of instrumental guitar and things and, and obviously you know they're, they're the names that come to mind the satrianis and the vies and things like that but but how is trying to make a living in instrumental rock guitar you know from the artist perspective these days yeah it's it's not easy <laughs> that was that was going to be my guess but i, I wanted to hear it from you i mean it, and it you know i i know from um Guys like Dave Reffitt and uh, you know, Joe is a friend of mine. Yeah, a phenomenal musician, and you know I admire him for sticking to his guns and, and continuing to keep working at it. Uh, you know, and you know I think he shares kind of your ambition. You know, the one you need that one big break to get in a band, almost, or take somebody's replace replacement or something like that. Um, but you you kind of uh, hit lightning in a bottle. I mean, you've now teamed up with. You know, with Adrenaline Mob, you've got, you know, members of Disturbed, so you've got that name recognition. You've got, obviously, probably one of the premier drummers on earth oh, yeah. uh, in your band and uh, a phenomenal singer in maybe a lesser-known band in Symphony X, but certainly no slouch. Yeah. How did you, how did that project all kind of come together? Um, you know, I had been working with Russell for a few years. Okay. On something completely different, on his follow-up to Atomic Soul. Okay. Uh, his his second solo album, which uh, you know we wrote and recorded together, and we were working on it for years, probably three and a half years. And um, at that point, I had been doing another band myself with complete different lineup, and I had been working all of this material, you know. All of it, you know, basically derived into <laughs> Adrenaline Mob, you know, yeah. somehow. Um, so I've been working on these songs for a long time, and, you know, just lineups dissolve, and some things work, and some people don't, and, you know, the key doesn't always turn the engine. Um, mm-hmm. So I came to Russell at one point and just said, bro, I got this, you know, mass amount of material, you know, and um, he was like, yeah, bro, bring it on over. So one day he just, I brought him in different in Angel Sky. Okay. And uh, he sang, sang on them, and he hit Grand Slam. It was just, you know, it was incredible. It was like, yeah. holy jeez, you know, this mm-hmm. is what I've always been <laughs> envisioning, you know. Yeah. And yeah. that's really how it started. It was it was as simple as that. And then I, I brought all my tunes, and we we shifted gears, and we started to, to rework all the stuff. You know, some stuff remained verbatim. Um, and some we basically kept all the music, but me and Russ reworked the lyrics, mm-hmm. the melody, and you know that's that's when Adrenaline Mob was really born. You know, me and Russ just you know taking all these things that I've been working on for years and years, and uh, you know his voice to, to to my music was just you know a killer match. Yeah, and it's interesting because it to me doesn't sound like you know. I, I guess you expect when the singer goes to another project, you know, Russell being from Symphony X, you expect it to kind of sound like Symphony X, and I don't. I, I don't hear that. It, it sounds well, that, very fresh, yeah, very that, new. That that's a great thing. I mean, because 
with all due respect to Russell and Mike, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not really a prog guy. Sure. I love it. They're the, they're some of, they're the kings at it. You know, Dream Theater and Symphonics is just monstrous. Mm-hmm. Um, just not my thing. I was always a rock guy. So I actually brought a different genre to Russell. You know, I, I, I was very reluctant, to be honest. And, you know, he knows that. Um, and I finally just said, what do you think about this? <laughs> yeah. Would you be into a different style of music? Because there's no way I would do a prog band. Um, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, you know, it, it's, it's cool. and, and it wouldn't have, I don't think it really would have set you guys apart. I think what really makes Adrenaline Mob so exciting is that you, you're taking a much more, I don't want to call it modern rock approach, but I mean, you guys to me sound more like disturbed uh, of all the bands kind of involved than you do. You know, certainly, Dream Theater or Symphony X. Um, and, oh, and, without a doubt, yeah. And it, it probably is going to, you know, in, a, in the long run, appeal to a much broader market than you know that traditional niche prog rock. I mean, because yeah. you know, I don't think a fan of Dream Theater, you know, who followed Mike's career, you know, is certainly going to enjoy your music because you know I think a lot of people would listen to Mike just do a four-four rhythm and you know because he can make it so exciting. But you're going to gain a whole new genre of fans because of the style of yeah. music, which is really exciting. I, I agree. There, there was no... I never set out at all to do anything like Symphony X or anything like Dream Theater. Mm-hmm. You know, I had been doing this genre and these songs in some way, shape, or form for so long, you mm-hmm. know. Some of them, you know, way back, you know, yeah. nine, ten years ago. And um, I just kept working on them, so that was never my intention. I... I I didn't even want to come close to those two mm-hmm. bands because yeah. what they do is, you know, how do you, you don't want to compete with that. Though. Yeah, you, you're not yeah. going to do prog rock better than. Yeah. I mean, maybe you will. I mean, unless you. No, no, it's, yeah, I gotta agree with you. I mean, they're the, you know, the, they they just kill it. I yeah, I mean, that's what they do. I mean, it's it's unless you're yes, I mean, that might be your only other avenue to pursue, but. Um, how did Mike become involved in the project? Obviously, I don't want to get into the whole Avenged Sevenfold and sure. Dream Theater stories, but how did, how did Mike become involved in, in this project? Because obviously that brought a certain level of uh, yeah. of a spotlight to the project. I imagine, you know, your Facebook pages and things like that exploded quite a bit when yeah. you came on yeah. board. <laughs> uh, Mike is, is definitely, you know, has his fan base. And uh, I had just, you know, me and Russ have been, Again, everything was basically done mm-hmm. before Mike came in the band. All the writing was done. Almost all the vocals were tracked already, guitars. I mean, we were we were killing it. And um, we had a different guy, actually. And once I heard that Mike was done with his, uh, you know, obligations to Event Sevenfold, I just called up Russ, and he didn't know he was, he was done. I said, listen, man, I think you need to call Mike, you know. I knew he was friends through touring and Dream Theater, mm-hmm. and... Uh, and it really was as simple as that. He called him up, and Mike was like, yeah, you know, I always wanted to play with Russ, and uh, we sent him over undaunted. Okay. And I think about, like, the first eight or 12 measures, he, he just, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty much uh, right there, you know. He had been looking to do this kind of stuff, I guess. So it was just, you know, it was perfect timing. Now, speaking of timing, I mean, the one thing that I think, uh, obviously, Mike brings to any project is 13 other projects. Uh, obviously, you've got um, Flying Colors <laughs> and the, you know, all the stuff he does with Neil, Neil Smith. 
how how much how tricky is that to try to schedule around? You know? It's tough. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. You know, but then again, you know, we we all do our other respects. Sure. Man. Yeah, I mean, Symphony X just came through Pittsburgh. Exactly. Not all that long ago. Yep, Symphony's rolling. Mike's rolling with all his stuff. You know, I have Tread coming out later in the year, and um, you, you know, we do the best we can. You know, um, we're all 100% dedicated to Adrenaline Mob and making this band, mm-hmm. you know, our our baby and our top priority. Um, which we just hope it works. You know, we got a nice six and a half week run leading us up to the summer, and mm-hmm. we're hoping to go out in the summer as well. And, uh, and then Mike goes out with his stuff, so. You know, it's tough. It's it's not um, it's not easy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we make it work. You know, sure. and, and uh, it's kind of, it's kind of like whatever hits the schedule first. <laughs> then we yeah. go, oh, all right, let's deal with this. I wasn't sure if this was going to be you know kind of like a chicken foot thing where you're going to have to sub in players, but you know, obviously that'll remain to be seen. We just we wanted to to remain. You know, the the lineup is sure. This is our baby, so yeah. we um, we really hoping. That we can get out there. Yeah, and you guys, you guys are hitting the road with a probably interestingly uh, a similar lineup with Kill Devil Hill. Um, you know, about eight veterans of of rock uh, kind of hitting the road in some really exciting projects. So it's going to be a great show. Um, if yeah. I might, might just ask you quickly about Tread uh, for sure. those not familiar. You've got what Rudy Sarzo and AJ Perro. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, murder for me if I don't say his his last name right. Piro. Yes, Perot. Uh, yeah, we had him on the show. I made a mistake calling him Perot because you know, for the first twenty-five years of my life, it was Perot. Um, but uh, how how is yeah. that progressing? And, and when it, it's we... coming out amazing. I, I mean, you know, I've known AJ for a real long time. He's he's played with me in Sonic Stomp before, and he's in Sonic Stomp now with me. So I've probably known him for you know eighteen years. Mm-hmm. Um, we live a stone's throw away in the next neighborhood, and. Um, Rudy, you know, Rudy's Rudy, you know, legend, living legend, one of the most amazing bass players and, you know, nicest guy on the, on the planet, you know. So we just, like, you know, instantly became brothers, and uh, the music is slamming, very yeah. tribal, you know, heavy, but but still rock-oriented. Uh, and AJ is actually going to amaze people because everybody, you know, thinks – you know, with all due respect, for the sisters, you know, amazing, 23 million albums mm-hmm. sold, you know, God bless them. But they don't know what AJ really plays like. Yeah. Uh, yeah he, he's yeah. a freak. Yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, when you, when you talk about the, uh, a band of, of really great guys, I mean, obviously yeah. t- Tim Ripper, um, you know, goes without saying, Rudy has to be one of the absolute nicest people uh, I've ever had the pleasure of speaking to. Um, just an amazing soul. Uh, and yeah, AJ, I mean, uh, you know, I think we talked, AJ and I talked when he was on the show, we talked longer after I stopped rolling tape, um, <laughs> you know, just a super fun guy to be around. So, I mean, that, that has to be, you know, the thought of going on a bus with those guys has got to be oh, awesome. We, we can't wait. You know, I mean, uh, we, we, it's really, it's, it's going to be, you know, an amazing band. We're so looking forward you know, to, to taking out and playing together and mm-hmm. having so much fun recording it. Sure. And, uh, you know, I'm so excited to, you know, to re- to release it. And hopefully we're going to put some samples out soon, I think, because a lot of people, you know, are asking about it. Yeah. I'm busting at the scenes. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. It's got to be yeah. got to be hard to keep that stuff under wraps. So, Mike, uh, you will be coming in uh, early May uh, to do a show in Pittsburgh, but uh, you guys have got dates uh, on Adrenaline Mob or if you go to Mike Orlando Music and, and catch all the tour dates and information on Tread, et cetera. So yeah. uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. We're really looking forward to seeing you on the road, man. We want to thank you for coming on, man. Thank, thank you. I, I mean, I, I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, I cannot wait to come to Pittsburgh with my Amar brothers. I always wanted to learn to play guitar, but never had the time. Then I heard about Progressions Music Studio. Progressions introduced me to an entirely new and convenient method of music instruction. They brought the music to me. The instructors from Progressions Music Studio came to my home with their knowledge and expertise, which saved me time and money. They worked around my schedule and tailored a program around my needs and skill level. Best of all, I learned to play music like a guitar king of the 1960s. We didn't spend all of our time with drills or tunes from the 1860s. Progressions Music Studio offers a lot more than guitar. In fact, they have instructors for almost all instruments. Now I can rock it out on my electric like never before. Just imagine what they can do for you or the budding musician in your family. Don't make excuses. Make music. Check them out on the web at progressionsmusicstudio.com. That's P-R-O-G-R-E-S-S-I-O-N-S, musicstudio.com. Or call 724-777-4678. The world's biggest heavy metal touring music festival is back. The Rockstar Energy Drink Mayhem Festival featuring Slipknot, Slayer, Motorhead, Anthrax, and more. Saturday, July 28th, First Niagara Pavilion. Tickets are on sale now. Buy tickets at LiveNation.com. Presented by The X at 105.9. All info at RockstarMayhemFest.com. All right, we want to give a big thank you to Mike Orlando of both Adrenaline Mob and Tread. They will be coming to the Altar Bar in Pittsburgh on the 12th. Uh, it's a Saturday of uh, May 12th. They're going to be doing a show with uh, special guest Xander Demos, who is no stranger to this show, and also Sacred Dominion, who, if you recall, on our year-end show just made a clean sweep of the best of Pittsburgh. So you're going to get two pretty cool bands there. Unfortunately, Kill Devil Hill is not on the bill that night, but uh, you're not getting any slouch with Xander Demos and Sacred Dominion. Also, coming up next, we have from the band Hell Yeah, we have the aforementioned Vinnie Paul, who will be coming to Alter Bar also on Saturday, May 20th. They'll be doing a show with Otherwise and 12 Gauge Justice. Uh, Hell Yeah is a project... They kind of came out of a couple different groups. Uh, Vinny uh, obviously was kind of one of the last to join after the death of Dimebag, his brother. Um, took some time for him to decide whether he wanted to get back into music. So we're going to talk to Vinny. This is a single we're going to play for you now, which is from the new album. The new album is called Brothers in Arms. It's not available yet, but the track is available on iTunes called War in Me. Then we'll talk to Vinny. <laughs> Don't tolerate 
show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining us from the band Hell Yeah, we've got Vinny Paul. How you doing, Vinny? I'm excellent, man. How are you? I am doing great. Hey, first question out of out of, out of my mind: uh, the the new single "Warn Me," uh, a little bit heavier than the last two albums, at least uh, you know as a one song sample. Um, is that what we can expect from the whole album? Yeah, man. You know, it's the first song we wrote for the record, and I really feel like it set the tone for the record. You know, the first two records were uh, very uh, dynamic and mm-hmm. very you know experimental for all of us. You know, we all kind of really wanted to step outside of the box and. Uh, you know, experiment with a lot of different things, southern rock, blues, you know, rock and roll, and mixing all with some metal. And with this record, when we uh, kind of got all that out of our system, we said, hey, man, let's get back to our roots. Let's get back to doing what we do best. And, uh, let's make a straight-up balls-out metal record and see where it goes, man. And that's kind of how the whole record ended up being like that. And uh, I think it suits us just fine. I think it's probably what people expected from Hell Yeah from the start. And uh, we're really excited about it, looking forward to playing the stuff live. Yeah, are you going to be doing some songs from the new album on this string of dates you're doing through, like May and stuff? Right now we're just doing War and Me because that's the track that people mm-hmm. have heard. And the last thing we want is to go out and play, you know, two, three, four songs off the record and people's first impression is off of a cell phone with a distorted mic and this, that, and the other, you know. So we, we really wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, it gets presented properly first. Yeah, that is is not a good way to break a single when it's a fuzzy version of YouTube. That's certainly certainly wise. Um, for those who haven't seen Hell Yet, I mean, do you guys pretty much just play material off the first two records, or do you guys mix any of your prior work into the into the mix? No, man, we've always felt like Hell Yeah stands on its own two feet, mm-hmm. and uh, you get a one hundred percent Hell Yeah from start to finish, and it's all about uh, the audience the band and the music and the circle of energy that we give back and forth to each other is a great experience, man. Yeah. I mean, is the uh, is the response that fans have given, I mean, you guys have had two very successful albums under your belt. Is it is it come as kind of a pleasant surprise to you guys? Or did you guys really think in terms of commercial, or is this more, you know, just let's do it for fun? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously uh, we're in a band. We want to be successful, but... You know, when we first got together, we just wanted to be, uh, you know, feel like a garage band. You know, just like what we did when we all first started out, you know, get into it because we really did play the music. And, of course, you know, things started happening. It does good. And we're, here we are on our third record. It uh, really, you know, has totally uh, grown into a full band, and everybody really is committed to it and enjoys doing it, man. Yeah. Uh, now, this album, this is going to be your first one not with Epic, correct? This is on uh, a different label this time yeah, around? 11 11-7, so you've got, that's the label behind, like, the crew and, and some pretty big acts. So, I mean, it's good to see, you know, the record industry is realizing that there's something to this project as well. Yeah, man. I mean, we did, you know, I don't know, the two records together are almost, almost, almost 700,000, 800,000 units, so... You know, we did get it on Epic, and that was with a label that didn't care about rock music and mm-hmm. had basically given up on rock music. So to be with a label that's really uh, into what we do and, and passionate about it as we are is very exciting for us. Yeah, it, it is amazing to see what a label can do for a band or not do for a band. I, I look at uh, another band from down in, in your home state of Texas, the Texas Hippie Coalition, and I listen to their album and go, how is this not, you know, and everybody's, stereo right now but you know unfortunately you need that exposure you need that push from a record company 
So yeah, uh, it, it really makes a difference, man. Yeah. Are you still playing with uh, D drum as far as hardware? Yeah. 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 I'm doing D drum. Uh, D drum hardware. My Vinnie Paul pedals. I play my own uh, personal Vinnie Paul signature drum set, and uh, I think uh, it's just a super duper company, man. They're really into what they do, and uh, I'm just happy to be with them. Yeah, it's good. You, I mean, you guys have a, a, you know, between you and your late brother, have had quite a history with with the Dean Company um, over the years. Absolutely. So it's great that that relationship continues. Um, any activity in in the Big Vin Records? Uh, obviously, you've you've had a couple of releases on your belt with Seventh Void and and some Dime Vision type stuff. Is there anything in the future works? Right now, you know, I'm so busy to tell you. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much on hold. Probably the next thing I'll put out through it is my cookbook that I'm working on. It's called oh. Rubbing Up Appetite with Vinnie Paul. Awesome. And uh, it's got some really cool, awesome recipes in there, along with a lot of my uh, humor and stuff like that. And I'm hoping to have it uh, out in time for Christmas. And uh, just, you know, that'll probably be the next thing I'll put out on there. But as far as the music goes right now, I'm pretty much on hold with that. Sure. Sure. Um, obviously, there was the book um, about your brother. He came to rock uh, that you were you were involved with. Um, is there more projects like that in the works? I mean, obviously, that was very well received. Yeah, well, there's actually a biography being written by Nick Bokat right now. Okay. About my brother, which is going to be uh, very important. And uh, but other than that, you know, right now, you know, between the 20th anniversary of Vulgar Display of Power and all the stuff mm-hmm. I've been doing for that. And the new Hell Yeah record, man, I've just been loaded down to the hill. Yeah, is it, is it is mind-boggling to you as it is to me that it's been 20 years for Vulgar Display Power? It, it doesn't feel 20 years to me, man. It feels yeah. like it was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, you know, to have a, a an unheard track for the general public to, you know, get a new Pantera track 20 years later and after everything that has happened, I think it's pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, that band uh, has a, a life that's... Uh, it just carries on and carries on and carries on, man. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's it's so fun to watch. You know, you look at the Amazon and the iTunes charts and to see Pantera, uh, you know, up there. You know, that's it's like, it's like number one, man. Two thousand twelve. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm and I'm sure you guys have got your eyes set on a top ten record with uh, Band of Brothers, uh, which the album oh, yeah. will, will be out in July. Am I correct? July seventeenth. Okay, so you guys are going to be doing um, mostly like club club headlining shows in the next few months. Is that the plan, or do you have any? Actually, other- we're right now we're doing a, a run. We've got Clutch and Monstro and King out with us, and okay. it's been. I we're on our seventh show tonight, and just about all of them have been sold out or very near. And we carry on with this till about the end of May, and then we go out and do a, a really fucking cool tour with uh, Volby and okay. I and Earth are going to be up, and that's going to be awesome, and that's going to take us all the way till the end of July, and then by that time, it looks like we're going to be going to Europe, and uh, anyways, we've got a year and a half, two years of touring nonstop ahead of us. Awesome. So the Volbeat is in North America? Yeah, all over Canada and the United States. Awesome. Yeah, that's a band that, uh, another band that, uh, the, you know, the publicity isn't nearly what they deserve. You know, I think it was great for them to get on the road. They're blowing up, man. The band's doing really good. Yeah, yeah. It was good to get them on the uh, Gigantor and get them in front of a bigger audience because I know even as myself, that really shined a light on that band. So that would be great. And I think the more people that hear your record, um, you know, the first two have been phenomenal. And if the first track, uh, Warn Me, is anything like the rest of the album, I think you're going to blow the doors off of it with this one. 
Hell yeah, that's what I want to hear, man. That feels good. Awesome. Vinny, I appreciate it so much, and I wish you guys the best on the road, and we'll see you when you get to Pittsburgh, man. All right, it'll be a couple weeks. We'll see you there. All right, brother. Thanks. The biggest bands in rock. The wildest stage shows on earth. The biggest live event of the summer. Kiss and Motley Crue. The Tour 2012, September 2nd at First Niagara Pavilion. Tickets are on sale now. Buy tickets at LiveNation.com. All Ticketmaster outlets are charged by phone. All right, a giant, giant, giant thanks to Vinnie Paul. Um, it was really cool to get to talk to someone uh, of that stature. I think uh, anybody who's listened to music, especially hard, heavy music in the last 20 years, certainly aware of the influence of Pantera. A uh, band I actually, I will fully admit, did not appreciate in their day. I was not a uh, giant fan of the vocal styles uh, of the band. I was kind of joked I wish they were an instrumental outfit, um, in which case they'd probably still be, uh, would have been together till the end. So it was great to talk to Vinny, though, and uh, look forward to seeing Hell Yeah. As you can tell from the snippet of the song, if you if you listen to previous Hell Yeah albums, new track's a lot heavier, so... Uh, hopefully that'll bring in some of the uh, older Pantera fans and uh, Damage Plan fans as well. Now, we are going to talk to a guy that uh been a little bit off the radar for a couple of years. Uh, his name's Steve Zetro Sousa. He was the vocalist of Exodus, uh, did some of their more popular albums with Toxic, Waltz, etc. He's got a new project called Hatriot, and uh, I got an email from the guys in the band uh, asking me to check it out, and I have to say, love the song titles. Um, and I uh, love listening to it. It's great thrash-style music, and I think it fit quite nicely with the uh, guests we've had on the show today. So without further ado, we're going to play a song from Hatriot. This is called Weapons of Class Destruction. We're going to get into the interview Sean did with Steve. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
project i guess uh you know it's in my blood it's just what i do so you know um not playing with exodus anymore it's just something that i needed to do dublin death patrol i don't know if you know i do that with chuck billy it's kind of a yeah kind of a project thing it's that's basically what it is is a project patriots actually full-on real band you know it's not a project i full-on planning to do many records in the years with these guys they're young kids Actually, the bass player is my son, Cody. My yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the, the other guys, I've just kind of handpicked to some youngsters that really, are really, really talented. And our drummer, Alex Bent, he's actually out on tour right now with Cannibal Corpse. He's playing drums for a band called Archaic. He's just kind oh, wow. of stepping in. And then um, our main songwriter, who he writes all the music, I write all the lyrics, that's Costa V. And then uh, rounding out is a kid named Miguel Esparza. 
He's just a blazer. I mean, just a fast, real fast. Fits the well, the role really well. Uh, great energy with these guys. Great enthusiasm because they're young. It makes me feel like I'm that young again. Uh, it seems like the songs that we're writing are exactly what I'm used to. It's more of the legacy of Testament, you know, Exodus vein right. and that type of stuff. So um, when we when I first demoed the stuff. Uh, I just let certain people hear it. Like I let uh, the Testament guys hear it. Nancy Andy mm-hmm. heard it. A couple other people heard it. was like, wow, is that back in Exodus? And it's like, no, this is a new band. So I didn't even have a name for the band yet. I just kind of demoed some songs just to see what everybody thought. And people liked it, though. So and this just started with Costa and I in a drum machine. And then uh, I, since then, I pieced it together. We hired Alex. And Alex is an amazing drummer. He's a really, really talented kid. And then uh, my son was like, well, I want to play. I'm like, well, you got to try out. So I actually made my son try out. He <laughs> tried out with these guys, and they liked him. And he's a really good bass player. I mean, Cody, yeah. living in my house, um, you're not going to be no slacker. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going for the nepotism thing here. You better be able to play your part, or I'll get somebody who can. You know, right. so uh, um, I he came in, did like three or four rehearsals and they liked him. So he's the bass player. He's really, really good too. And he works on his craft and he's not too cocky. You know, he grew up around it. So he knows what's, what, what's expected of him, you know? So right. it works out really well. The, the band's really well-rounded. Probably the, one of the most talented bands I've ever played with all around. Individually. Yeah. I got to say, I was uh, listening to some of the songs and, you know, he seemed to assemble like a, a really solid group of guys. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nobody. No, there's no. I mean, nobody's got it. And in ego, there's no drugs or alcohol. Everything is just straight up. This is what we want to do. This is great. We know that rehearsals are on this night. We're there on time. There's no girlfriends or anything there. We go there and we work, and it's not a party. You know, it's it's. You know, I'm 48 years old, man. I've been through this a long time. I've got a lot of things I can show these kids, and we're cutting through all the bullshit mistakes you you would more normally make and try right. to put through the heart of it. And so I've, I've, I've assembled them, but on the other hand, I still make them feel very fortunate for what they got. We've gotten really good shows. I mean, we played with forbidden. We played with Testament. We've played where we're playing with DRI here. So we're getting really, really good shows here for a band that's just kind of come up. I guess it's more off of my merit, but in, in its own set, the man, the band is, very solid, and I mean really solid live, too. So uh, there's some YouTube stuff floating around there. And we're actually going in the studio to do a video here in a couple of weeks, and I'm just going to put it on the website. People so often, they don't get a chance to look at you and see you. So we have a new song. We have a lot of new songs, other than the four that we have on the demo. And um, one's called Bloodstained Wings, and it's really heavy, and we're really proud of it. So the guy that uh, directed Machine Head's new video, Unto the Locust, Mike mm-hmm. Sloat, he's going to direct it, and I'm just going to pay for it myself and put it on the website here, and probably within a month's time it'll be up there. And just oh, so, cool. you know, yeah. how you just kind of feed the fans a new song here. Well, I'm going to feed the fans a new song, but I'm going to feed them in video format so they get to see us do it. You know oh, what cool. I mean? So it's just something a little ed- – it's all about the fans. It's all about us being – loving metal and, you know, and playing metal and everybody, um, especially our community, our small, close-knit community stays together and stays strong, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, you mentioned, you know, Cody's your uh, song. What's it like playing with him in a band? I think that is the ultimate thing of everything that I've ever done. I've got to play with legendary heavy metal bands. I've got to play with all my heroes. I've got to do all the things that you say rock stars get to do. And this was the coolest thing. I mean, Van Halen, Eddie must get to look over every night and go, there's my boy playing bass. I get the same thing of him. I look over there and I, and I and there he is. He's the one I remember when he was like 11. I, Jack Gibson from Exodus had this five-string ESP. And Cody's like, I want to play bass. I want to play. I kept hearing him saying when he was like 11 or 12, I want to play bass, Dad. I want to play bass. Well, oh, really? So we were at practice one day, and Jack Gibson goes, hey, Zetro, you want to buy my bass? I'll sell it to your real chief. Do you think Cody wants them all? Yeah, as a matter of fact, so it was in a nice case, a really key. still has it, actually. And uh, I pulled it up, opened it, and said, there it is. Learn how to play it. And he picked it up, and he taught himself how to play it. So, with all my children the same way, my, my middle son, Nicholas, who's my drummer's son, and um, he's just going to be graduating this June. Very awesome drummer, all knows how to, you know, he knows what it takes to get it to the next level. You know, they saw what Dad went through, and they know what it takes. You could be a band here, or if you want to be up here, you have to just, you have to work at it. You have to go there every day. So every day after school, he goes to a studio, actually he goes to the barn, uh, Hatred rehearses in this old barn off this dirt road. When you go in there, and there's just tons of gear in there all set up. And uh, my son goes there after school every day and plays drums for like two or three hours. So that's what you have to do. You know, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. especially this kind of music we play, it's so fast and aggressive, you have to be on your chops. Yeah, so it's actually, you know, very technical also. It's, uh, it's it, it, it is. It's symphony music. It really is. Metal is symphony music. It is. And it's very, it's hard. I mean, even the vocal styles that we've all brought on ourselves, especially the thrash singers. I mean, we say a thousand words a minute. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. you know, decorated in the world, U.S. ambassador, but it's just going, you know. It's just, you know, we try to, I try to say, how many words can I fit in there? And I'm known for that. When Chuck first joined Legacy, well, which is Testament now, you, you know, because he had to sing, obviously, the songs that I had written. He saw, God damn, Seth, how many songs you write and how many words you put in these songs? Many words you can fucking get in there, Charlie. So it's worked out fine for me, I guess. I can say it. I can say those words. That's <laughs> um, so you guys are currently writing songs for an album? or you can, I you have can enough do? to get an album, and we are speaking to a few labels right now that are very oh. interested in it. And I definitely want to sign a deal. And honestly, I'm probably going to sign a deal. I can't say yet because I don't want right. to piss them off or if something happens, they drop the bomb or I drop the bomb or something. But we are we're seriously in a talks with a really good metal label, and they're, they love it. They love what they've heard. Um, like I said, we've actually written and recorded a couple of other songs aside the demo. So what I've done is I've given a couple of the labels that were interested They've got to listen to those songs. And, and, and again, I'll have one recorded as a video up on the website. I'm going to revamp the website and, and put one up there. So when people come cool. to check Atriot out, you get to see, you know, you know, uh, you get to see us, plus you get a new song, and that's probably the last of the three songs I'll be able to give. I kind of <laughs> I need to save them for the record, you know. So, right, right. So I want to keep that as well. And so definitely want to record a record this summer. And probably fall, late, early, early, 
late fall. I, I really want to get one out this year. I hope it's possible. If not early 2013, but that we are, I mean, we are working hard to get this done. It's, it's not even, it's, 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 I've never worked so hard again. And I didn't think that after so many years of being in the business that I would be willing to work this hard again. To right. it. And, I, and it's just really, I'm hungry again. I like what we're writing. I like the songs. I think it's heavy and it's fresh, but it's still kind of old schoolish a little bit. So yeah, yeah I was just gonna. Nobody's really captured that since the rest of us have initially done it in the '80s. You've heard great brass bands, but not really kind of like that. Had that signature Bay Area sound, and but but still new. I mean, listen to Alex's kicks. They're just. I mean, his drumming is just. He does some death metal shit on there, so it's like you know, blast beats. We didn't do that in thrash, but we try to incorporate it so it's new. It's you know, it's the kids as well. It's not all about Zetro. It's definitely the band isn't Zetro. The band's Hatred, and there's a reason for that because it is a full band effort. And you know, I'm very proud of these guys, very much so. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, stuff I've heard. You know, sounds real fresh, but it's also got all the elements that everyone expects from you know the old school thrash. Um, exactly. And I think we've right after that. And we've continued to. So if you've listened to, like, we have uh, we have some new songs. Um, well, like I said, um, um, a Bloodstained Wings. And then mm-hmm. there's one we I wrote about Dexter. I love that show, Dexter, with serial oh, yeah. killers called uh, The Violent Times of My Dark Passenger. And then we got another one called Murder American Style. And another one called Suicide Run. So it's all really, and they're all, old school, new school, you know, you can just tell, and it's all really aggressive, totally twisted concepts that I come up with, you know what I mean, what metal's all about, you know what I mean, and right, right, right. and angst, you know, I, I keep the keep it in the realm, and these guys are right, they're right behind me, so I'm honestly, I want to do a world tour so the whole world gets to see us, because a few times we have played and the crowds were like man you guys destroy and it's like from the lesson up man these fucking kids kick ass and kick ass on the record and they kick ass live cool yeah um, yeah other than that um you know obviously the live show is a huge part uh nowadays especially since you know you know it's harder to get the music out there without like mtv well metal is just the only way to do it in metal you have to tour you have they have to come and see you they have to be able to look at you so you got to give them everything you got and we do, and I tell them that every time we walk in, we're in the dressing room, about ready to walk out that Super Bowl, gentlemen, go win the Super Bowl. And that's, and I mean it. I jam. You got, you're up there, destroy. We play metal. You want that crowd to feel your aggression? Let it out. Let it out. Let them see it. And they see it. They'll feel it. They'll feed off of it. And they'll turn it into something. Believe me. Nice oh, yeah. big old fat pit. Um, you mentioned you guys uh, have a show coming up with the uh, DRI. Um, yeah. Do you have any other uh, shows coming up or any uh, we do plans? We do have some headlining stuff in San Francisco. We're doing a show in a place called The Rocket Room with uh, yeah. another band called Angerhead, and the band has been around for years called Potential Threat. And then they do this uh, this um, a contest for Bayer in the Bay Area to open Mayhem. They let, I don't know if they do that anywhere else, but here every year they they have this one promoter and he puts up two, like, so so many unsigned bands, and then this panel of judges comes up and see those so those bands perform on a two-day two, two day period, and they pick them, and we're down to the, there's six bands left. 
So we might be opening Mayhem here in the, a Mayhem Festival, which would be great. It would be great for yeah. kids to be able to walk out and see that. But that's kind of a so – we kind of got submitted out of, you know, just getting good shows. And when we played the shows, we did very well at them. So uh, a good buzz on the band as well here in the Bay Area. So we'll see if that's happening. I'm just very choosy with the shows. I don't just take everything that comes along. I want us to be seen and I don't right. want to exploit it. So I, I you know, I like I said we've played with Forbidden. We've done another a headlining show that was okay. We've played with Testament. We're doing the show with DRI. I think we're gonna we might do something when Anthrax and Death Angel come around. We're supposedly opening that in August. That's in 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 uh, later in the summer though. But we'll see about that stuff. So, so I'm very choosy about the shows because I I want to be careful with it. But uh, right. As we're getting more and more open and widespread, I'm definitely playing out more, definitely, and I'm open to be playing more. And people are going, oh, whoa, what? that's got this new band? What? And then they hear it, and then I've been getting contacted. You know, oh, man, you guys are fucking awesome. Where's the record? And I go, I don't have a record. I have a demo, and I have enough songs to play a headlining set right now. So, And I do some Exodus. I do a couple of Exodus songs. In the set, right. people want to hear it. So, oh, yeah. it's not something that I want to hang my hat on, as far as because I love my days in that band and I love that band. But this mm-hmm. is Atrium. It's not Exodus, and I, right. I know people who are going to expect it. And probably in the beginning, I'll do more of it. But probably by second record, I won't do any of it anymore. You know what I mean? Right. I'll do all my own material. It's just kind of cool because it's the next thing I've done, pretty much as a real project since Exodus. So. It's, it's 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 it goes with it, and actually I do a couple of the cooler songs that they don't play anymore. So cool. So, um, you know you uh, you know you were you know back to Exodus and back in the day. The Bay Area has always been like you know the home of thrash metal. There's been books written about its influence and documentaries made. I mean, you lived all that. Can you uh, I mean talk a little bit about what it was like back then and how it's changed over the years? Well, um, I think in, in back then it was um, very fresh and very new for everybody. We didn't know what it was that was happening, although amongst us all we felt it was something very special. Because, But in our scene, because the medium is not, you just can't jump on a computer and see what they're doing in another place. you got to remember right. this is 1983, 1984. Okay, so you don't have that. You think everywhere is like where you are. You know, mm-hmm. oh, there's probably 15 killer thrash bands. And I mean, literally, I can go through a list of the Bay Area with 15 killer thrash bands where you got to think about, well, L.A. only has like two or three. I think there's Megadeth and there's Slayer and there's Dark Angel and there's um, mm-hmm. there was a couple of more, you know. And then New York had, you know, like um, Nuclear Assault and and Anthrax, and and, and um, there was a couple of bands that overkill, and, and they had a couple of bands there, but it seemed like you could go to the Barry and go, okay, well, there was Metallica, there was Exodus, there was Legacy, there was Death Angel, there was Possessed, there was Violence, there was Forbidden, there was Defiance, there was Blind Illusion. There, you could just go down the list of all the great bands that came from that time. So I remember what's different then, opposed to now, was... Every night there was a show. Monday night you could go to Ruthie's Inn and see Death Angel, Possessed, Legacy. Wednesday mm-hmm. night there might be a show Defiance, Blind Illusion, and Mordred. Saturday night would be Exodus, 
suicidal, um, and anyone, any one of those other bands that opened that week or violence or forbidden or whoever, but there was always a show to go to every week. There was there, you couldn't go through a week when there wasn't any less than two shows to go to. You could go to anywhere from five shows a week of good thrash shows, you know, and you'd see, yeah. I mean, I'd go there and show up and I'd walk in the door and you'd see Kirk Hammett and James and, and Cliff and Lars all hanging out at the bar and look over and there's Gary Holt and then there's Mike Muir and Rocky hanging out and then you'd see, uh, um, you know, Alex Skolnick and, and Eric and myself hanging out and then you'd see uh, Phil and Rob Flynn and uh, Sean from Violence. I mean, you, you didn't think of it any different than that, wow, you know how this is. I mean, the whole crowd at this show are basically the whole scene. You know, they're all the guys from the scene. Oh, there's the forbidden guys. Oh, there's you know, the, the, the whoever, it's just everybody spawned from this area. There's Hellhound, there's, um, you know, even the littler bands that didn't get any notoriety but still opened our, all our headlining shows, you know, the Snipers, um, the Laws Rockets, all bands like that. There was millions of bands any weekend. So opposed to now, you have to really package it together really good. You maybe do one show every month and a half or two months and you exploit the shit out of that show so everybody right. comes. And that's basically how you do it now. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of camaraderie back then. Is there still a lot of that now, even like with like the younger bands? Oh yeah, coming definitely. Up or... Like tonight for Forbidden's playing tonight at the Avalon in Santa Clara. So I'll, we all go. Everybody you'll see I'll see Gary there tonight. I'll see um uh I'll probably go there with Demo. Me and Demo will probably go there together. You know what I mean? It'll be, uh, uh, we all hang out. You know what I mean? I'll see Chuck if they're in town. You know, I know a friend of mine yeah. was going to the zoo with Rob Flynn today, so he'll probably be there. You know what I mean? So uh, it's just that, you know, we're very tight-knit. When we see each other now especially, because you got to think how many years it's been and we've lost people. Paul Bailoff has died. People have died, right. our people, and gone through. So to see each other and know that the shit we went through in the 80s and the things that we have now and we're still, I mean, man, I turned 48 years old two weeks ago and I'm still playing the heaviest fucking metal there is on the earth. You know yeah. what I mean? You drive by me, you drive by me in my car and like the other day I had shadows fall uh, retribution fucking cranked out of my car. And you'd think it's an 18-year-old kid. No, it's this 48-year-old fart slamming fucking down the street in his ride listening to the, the shit loud as hell, you know, because that's what I do. I love metal. I listen yeah. to metal. I play metal. That's what I am. I will die doing this shit, you know? Um the, uh, Your influences growing up, what did you, I mean, where did you draw your stuff from back then and now even? I take it from everything from now. I'll steal from everybody. I'll steal from, like I was just saying, mentioning Shadows Fall, Slipknot. Mm -hmm. I'll hear something that Sheenhead does and, and, and take from that. But then I stay my old school. I, my original influences are, are Bon Scott and um, early Robert Plant and um, Ted Newton. That's, I mean, I'm that old enough to listen to that stuff. Rainbow, UFO, you know what I mean? That's what got right. me in there. And so I actually have a tribute act. I do an ACDC tribute called yeah, ACDC yeah. Rosetro. It's a blast. I got this little guy's name's Dave Chapman, dresses up like Angus, does Angus better than Angus, I swear to God. And I just have yeah. fun with this thing. When we play clubs, 
and it's a blast. I get to go up there and be Bon Scott for an hour and a half. So he's a lot of my influence. Odo Schneider, Dick Kennedy's cello by Offra, Johnny Rotten, Lemmy, Wendy O from the Plasmatics. Big influences on me, man. Big influences on my show and the way I carry myself on stage and just a lot of that, that old, very raw, anything that was raw and, and, and powerful, I guess that was back then. Because I remember when ACDC was the heaviest band on earth, my friend. I remember going to school. I was a freshman or a sophomore, and If You Want Blood came out. And the album cover with a guitar shoved through Angus's stomach. And fucking everybody was like, oh, my God, you're this band. Look at that. They got blood on the cover. ACDC, they're, they're crazy. They sing songs about fighting and stuff. Like, no way. And now, come on. I mean, you go to their concerts, their grandmother's singing the songs in, in the crowd. Don't get me wrong, they're my favorite band in the world. I love ACDC. I'm saying the difference from when I first listened to them to now is uh, hilarious. I remember arguing with this guy at a party about Metallica, and he was like, man, do you ever think Metallica's ever going to do anything? They'll never be played on the radio. And this is right as Ride the Lightning came out. And I said, as the music gets, as society gets heavier, so will the music. And, and look at Metallica's the biggest band in the world, you know? Yeah. So you just, you never know. You just never know. Do you think there's a big, huge thrash comeback? It seems like, you know, you had a big four. I don't think it's and... ever going away. I think what happened was is when grunge came in in the early 90s, it killed it for a little while. But people really clung to thrash. And of any types of metal that you listen to now, there's a thrash beat in there, isn't there? I'm going to yeah, shit if it's black metal, if it's fucking death metal, if it's progressive metal, if it's with sugar, whatever. You play whatever faction of metal you have, you play because we started that. That's why you do it. And it's, and it's the only thing that's really rung true. So it seems like those of us that did it initially – we never get forgotten, and I, I have to thank the metal fans. I mean, come on, my first record came out, well, Exodus' first record came out in 85. I put out mm-hmm. Pleasures of the Flesh in 87. I can still do interviews and talk to people, and I go to shows, and people want to take pictures, and they love and want to hear what I'm doing. Try another type of music like that. Try exactly. one of that type. Remember those MTV-type Wavo bands with the funny hair and the glasses? They would have walked in their little fat ass, walk into a, into a bar right now. You think anybody would recognize them? That doesn't happen. But metalheads, they stay strong and they stay true. to those. Nobody shoves metal down their throat, my brother. We listen to it because we love it. It's in our veins. And that's why metalheads stay true. That's why I can stay forever. That's why I love it. But 48 years old, I can start a new band and people are still interested in the listening to it. Not like, oh, man, that dude used to play back. I don't want to hear that anymore because, I mean, you know, think about a rap band from the 80s, Fat Boys or Houdini. Think if they started right. a new band, anybody in their genre is going to listen to that crap? No way, man. It don't work like I that. Think. For metal, it does. It still does. People still listen to Alice Cooper. I watched mm-hmm. a concert of Alice Cooper the other day from 1975. It was amazing. And Alice can still play. Why? Because Alice plays hard rock, heavy metal. He plays dark music. There's skulls on stage. There's a darkness to it. And that's what we are. That, that's that's. But that's what our foundation is, and it never goes away. It just doesn't. I think there's a lot more honesty in metal too, because you know it's. It seems like you're just drawing more from, you know, yourselves and and what's going. You know, that's why it's kind of stuck around as long as it has. 
when you think about it, I'm not a rich man. I'm not at all, Sean. You know what I mean? I I mm-hmm. I um I I have to I actually work a regular job when I'm not doing music. And the thing is, is I do this because I love anybody at my age and time would have said, I've been there and done that. Oh, I can talk about my days. That's not what makes me tick, brother. We do this because we love to do it. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's what makes us. It is true. It is real. There is no lying in metal. Metal's not fake. Um, a couple of years ago, I was looking on OzFest, and I seen this band. And you might know who they are. Uh, you heard of a band called Wicked Wisdom? Mm-hmm. Do you know who they are? Uh, I've heard of them. I haven't heard much of them, though. Okay, but do you know who the singer is? No. She's Jada Pinkett. You know who Jada Pinkett oh, is? Yeah, Mary yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, they played OzFest. Why do you think they played OzFest? Because Sharon Osbourne is Mrs. Hollywood. So she right. has a metal band called Wicked Wisdom with all black guys, and she sings. She went on and did OzFest. You know what the metal fans did? They destroyed her and tortured her because, just like you said, it's honest. There's no bullshit there. So it was funny because my son gets um, a heavy metal magazine, and he got a heavy metal magazine, and we opened it up, and she was in there. And then his mother received a copy of Red Book. It's like a woman's magazine. And she's on the cover holding her knees in this nice yellow sweater. And I'm all, this is why she got booed off stage, because she's right. not really this. She's this. And you can't fake the metal fans out. They know. They know what's true to the heart. They know what's real. And they know what's heavy. And that's the truth. You know that, Sean. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, do you think it's harder now for bands, or do you think, uh, I mean... I do because of the onslaught of them. Everybody wants to be this at some capacity. I do. It was hard... Back then, I remember it seemed like there was a band coming up every other week, back even when we were demo trading in 1983, 84. You know what I mean? I think it's really gotten unbelievable. So to get heard, you really have something to offer. You have to because you won't. And it's just the the saturation of it all. I mean, I know some really good bands. I don't want to mention their names because I think they're good and I don't want them to be deprived, but I think they work overly, overly hard and they're very, very good and they should probably get more recognition than they do and I see them and I think that they're very talented and I mean, um, you know, um, but you can tell they're still riding around in a van third record later and it can't be like that. You have to have shows to go, you know. Do you think the internet's helped, or do you think uh, it you know, helped, back then it you just had you, know, you just had that was falling, right? Because it's, it's oversaturation, like you said. Yeah, it the is. thing is, is that before, and I, I did an interview earlier today, and we talked about the same thing. It's it's uh, it's before when I came on tour to see you had to go see Exodus because you didn't right. have you didn't have YouTube to go, oh, oh, I could just pull up a song, whatever song. Oh, you want to see him play Chemical? Just go to YouTube and pull it up. There, there it is. You didn't have that. You had to go see the bands. When I was a kid growing up, I had to go see these bands. Oh, shit, Kiss is coming. Well, the only way to go see Kiss and then blow fire and breathe, breathe blood and do all that shit is to go see them actually do it. Now, you got YouTube, you got every medium possible that you can. It's not as special anymore so you have to create that i agree with that the, the, but then again 
Patriot wouldn't be, I mean, I'm, I'm not even a signed band and I get to have this medium all over the world because you put a website up and anyone can hit it. Anyone, anywhere, in any little corner of the universe, if they have any type of internet whatsoever, they can click on and they can get it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a double-edged sword. I, it's killed record sales. You know what I mean? We, before yeah, yeah. us, whereas you had to buy the tape and you would tape it to tape and nobody liked that. So they bought the packaging anyway, as soon as CDs came out and you were able to record a CD, one guy buys the new Slayer, 10 guys have it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, but you think, that's why concerts are 50 bucks or $60 a concert now too. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember my first concert ever. I was like, I think I paid $17 for that was, uh, I have, way a, back when. I have a poster on my wall. We went on tour in 92 of black Sabbath for their mm-hmm. dehumanizing tour. And we were on tour for force of habit. And yeah. I took a poster and I had all the guys from Sabbath signed it, obviously, because, you know, I'm a big fan, and I framed it in my house. And I have a room with a bunch of magazines and stuff that I've done and memorabilia all framed up, and I have that framed, and I show everybody the ticket price, and it says right in the corner, to see Black Sabbath, Exodus, and Skusiskin in 1992. It was $13.25 to buy yeah. a ticket. $13.25 to buy a ticket. Can you believe that? Try that yeah. now. That'd be 80 bucks. 90 bucks. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, easily. It's unbelievable. So it it is that has killed it also. Another reason, you know, you can't sell records anymore. So the bands have had to find ways to make money. So now you pay $35 for a, a $15 T-shirt that then turned 20 It's Now it's 35 <laughs> The fucking hoodies are 7 bucks, $70. I know. I understand it, and I hate it. And I people tell me all the time, man, damn, Zeb. The merchandise is so expensive. It's like, yeah, but you don't understand. This is our bread and butter. So if you're supporting right. us, you know, I just have to wear it proudly and kind of swallow it, you know. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry, metalheads. I promise. Sorry that I'm overcharging you. I'm just following a trend. Right, I don't even know. I mean, because, you know, there's something about going to the show and feeling the intensity and, you know, it, it's, you know, you know, it, it's worth going because, you know, it's worth it. If you love the band, you're going to pay to uh, to to be there and feel all the energy and whatnot. I agree, and I support my band. I support people like, "What's up? You on the list?" And I'm like, "No, I'm paying. I'm paying. I got to mm-hmm. support these guys. I go buy shirt, do it. What you buy shirts for? Just to have a shirt because they need the twenty five bucks or the thirty bucks. Because when I'm on tour, I know I do. You know what I mean? So yep. I I do it. Out. I'm I'm very well, like you said, well rounded in the metal business. I know what's going on. I get it. So. I, I try to support it the best I can. That's why, I, you know, Chuck's a great guy. I wanted him to, I hired him to set up great stuff for me, you know, just like this interview and all kinds of stuff. Want to talk to everybody. We love, we've got to keep metal strong, my man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to thank you for coming on the show. It's it's great to hear that, you know, you've got this new project coming up. I'm really excited to, uh, you know, hear the album and see you guys on tour. Yeah, um, keep, uh, keep, keep the ears down. We're coming out on HatriotMetal.com. You can go there from time to time and see what we're up to. So. Cool, yeah, definitely. All right, thanks, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thanks, Sean. Talk to you later. All right, cool. Never in your darkest dreams did you see this coming. Rob Zombie. Megadeth. May 16th at State AE Outdoors. 
Tickets are on sale now at all Ticketmaster locations. Ticketmaster.com or call 800-745-3000. For more information, visit PromoWestLive.com. For VIP info and tour dates, go to RobZombie.com and Megadeth.com. Brought to you by Promo West North Shore. Always great to see Megadeth live, so I want to make your way out there if you can. That's the 16th at Stage AE. I want to thank Steve for coming on the show and talking to us about Hatriot. Uh, it was kind of cool, you know, just getting his name out there and uh, making me kind of reminisce about some of that old Exodus stuff. Also, thanks to Mike Orlando from Adrenaline Mob. Don't forget they're coming to Pittsburgh. And also, hell yes, Vinnie Paul are coming to Pittsburgh as well. You can check out DriskyEntertainment.com or go to IronCityRocks.com and check out our concert calendar. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash IronCityRocks. We're on iTunes, Twitter, forward slash Iron City Rocks. And by the time you listen to this, you can look for us in the iTunes app store under Iron City Rocks. We'll have an app out there that will keep you in touch with the show, get you all the concert dates in the area. Uh, but also think it will be still pretty interesting for those not in the area. You'll be able to get to our show and listen to all the cool stuff that we've got going on. We've got a great episode coming up next time, so we want to invite you to come back and check out episode 155. We'll talk to you next time.